morning. Good morning. Today is Sunday, uh, the 23rd of January, and we have Exodus 19 through 21 and Psalm 23. And so let's ask the Lord's blessing and we'll get started. We have a video too, the second part of Exodus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being our God, for loving us so much and opening our eyes this morning, our breathing air into our lungs, Lord, for another day to worship and glorify you. Lord, just open our eyes and our hearts right now. Okay, Exodus uh, 19 through 40, uh, God invites the redeemed Israelites into a covenant relationship with him and descendants to dwell among them in the tabernacle. The the Israelites rebel, however, creating a rift in the relationship. Let's watch this video. The book of Exodus. In the first video, we explored chapters 1 through 18, which tell the foundational story of how God rescued the enslaved Israelites by confronting and defeating Pharaoh, while offering a way of escape through the blood of the Passover lamb. God then delivered his people by bringing them through the waters of the sea and then into the wilderness, where, surprisingly, they grumbled and complained. Now, the second half of the book of Exodus opens as Moses leads Israel to the foot of Mount Sinai, where God invites the nation of Israel to enter into a covenant relationship. And here we reach another key moment in the biblical storyline, because this is picking up and developing God's promise to Abraham. So remember, from the book of Genesis, God promised that through Abraham's family, somehow he would restore his blessing to all of the nations. And here we find out more. God says that if Israel obeys the terms of the covenant. They will be so shaped by God's laws and teaching and justice that they will become a kingdom of priests, which means that they will become God's representatives and show all of the other nations what God is truly like. Now the people of Israel eagerly accept the offer, and so God's presence appears right on the top of Mount Sinai in the form of cloud and lightning and thunder. And Moses goes up as their representative, and God opens with the basic terms of the covenant, the famous Ten Commandments. These are like the basic terms of the agreement, how the Israelites and God are going to relate to each other. And then after this come another collection of commands which fill out the first ten in more detail. There are laws about Israel's worship, about social justice, how they are to live together, all shaping Israel into a nation of justice and generosity that's different from the other nations. So Moses writes down all of these laws and he brings them down to the people who, again, eagerly agree to enter into this covenant with God. And once they do so, God takes the relationship forward another step. He tells Moses that he wants his holy and divine and good presence to come and dwell right in the midst of Israel, which develops another aspect of God's covenant promises. So remember, after humanity's rebellion in the garden, it was access to God's presence that was lost. But now it's through the family of Abraham that God's presence is becoming once again accessible through this covenant relationship, and first with Israel, and then somehow one day to all nations. So what follows are seven chapters of detailed architectural blueprints about this 
sacred tent called the tabernacle. There's an outer courtyard with an altar, and then in the center there's a tent that has an outer room and then an inner room. And then inside the inner room, which is called the most holy space, is a golden box called the Ark of the Covenant. And there's angelic creatures over the top of it. It's the hot spot of God's presence. Now there's lots of detail in these chapters, and it's important to know that every piece has some kind of symbolic value. All of the flowers, the angels, the gold and the jewels, it all echoes back to the Garden of Eden, the place where God and humans live together in intimacy. And so the tabernacle is like a portable Eden, so to speak. It's the place where God and Israel can live together in peace, at least in theory, because right here something goes really, really wrong. Israel breaks the covenant. As Moses is up on the mountain receiving the blueprints for the tabernacle, down below at the camp, the Israelites, they're losing patience. And so they ask Moses' brother Aaron to make for them a golden calf idol so they can worship it as the God who saved them out of slavery in Egypt. Now God's presence, it's right there on top of the mountain. They can see it. But here they are below, breaking the first two commands of the covenant they just agreed to. No other gods and no idols. Now what follows is really important. God knows what's happening down below. And so he first invites Moses into his own anger and pain. And he tells Moses what he wants to do, just to wipe Israel out. But Moses intercedes by appealing to God's character. He says, first of all, destroying Israel would be going back on your covenant promises to Abraham. And then Moses appeals to God's reputation among the nations. What would they think if they see you destroying your own people? And so God accepts Moses' intercession and he relents. And while he does bring his judgment on those who instigated the idolatry, he forgives the nation as a whole and promises to renew his covenant. And it's right here at this point in the story that God, for the first time, describes his own character to Moses. He says, the Lord is merciful, he's gracious, he's slow to anger, abounding in covenant faithfulness. He forgives sin, but he will not leave the wicked unpunished. So we have this tension. God is full of mercy, but also he must deal with evil if he claims to be good. And above all, God is faithful to his promises, even though it means, he knows, he's committing himself to a people who are utterly faithless. And so after renewing the covenant with Israel, God commissions Moses to go ahead and build the tabernacle. And once again, we get five long chapters describing in detail the construction of the tabernacle. And it all comes together in the final chapter where the tabernacle's finished. God's glorious divine presence comes and hovers over the tent and our hopes are high. And so Moses, he goes right up to enter into the tent and he can't. He actually can't go in and that's how the book ends. It's really surprising, but not really if you think about it. You can see now how much Israel's sin has damaged the relationship with God in more ways than we realized. So the book opened, remember, with Pharaoh's evil threatening Israel and threatening God's covenant promise. But now as the book ends, Israel has become its own worst enemy. It's their sin that's threatening the future of the covenant. And so the question as the book closes is how is God going to reconcile this conflict between his holiness and his goodness and his presence with the sinful corruption of his own covenant people? The solution to that problem is what the next book is about. But for now, that's the book of Exodus.
Okay, let's get into Exodus chapter 19. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how... I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, I will indeed, if you will indeed, my, indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel." So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people, told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up on the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds as long a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day, not to go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and thick clouds on the mountain and very loud trumpets, trumpet blasts, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand in front of the mountain, at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped up in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like a smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on, the mount, on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people that they lest they break through, the, through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up and bring Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in, on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, <clears throat> for I... 
For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the, led, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servants or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. An altar of earth shall be made for me, and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones. For if you wield your tool on it, you profane it, and you shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness be not exposed on it. Chapter 21. Now these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve you six years, and in the seventh year, and in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. When he when he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be their, her masters, and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, he shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master, who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people, since he has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as with a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marital rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, he shall go out, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place to which he may flee. But if a man willfully attacks another man to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. 
Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. When men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone and his fist and the man does not die but takes to his bed, if the man rises again and walks outdoors with his staff, he who struck him shall be clear, only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he shall not be avenged, for the slave is his money. When the men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, woman, so that her child, so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him. But he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks the tooth out of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. When an ox goes, a man or woman when an ox gores a man or woman to death, the ox shall be stoned, and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and his owner has been warned, but has not kept it in, and kills the man or woman, the ox shall be stoned, and its owner shall be put to death. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man or son's daughter, then he shall be dealt with according to this same rule. If the ox gores a slave or male or female, the owner shall give to their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. When a man opens a pit, or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and an ox or donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make restoration. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead beast shall be his. When the man's ox butts another's so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price, and the dead ox and the dead beast also they shall share. If or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has not kept it in, then he shall repay ox for ox and the dead beast shall be his. Psalm 23 is titled, The Lord is My Shepherd. It's a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, rep you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have allowed us to dwell with you in your house forever, Lord. And Lord, we're thankful that you are dwelling within us, within with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And one day we know that we will shed these earthly, this flesh body, Lord, and our spirit, will come to be with you, to live for all eternity, Lord. We're so thankful for that. And Lord, we just ask that your will would be done, that your will would be accomplished on this earth 
as it is in heaven, Lord. You are God. Accomplish your will, Lord. You are in charge. You are the creator, the maker, the owner of everything, Lord. Father, we just ask that none would perish according to your will, that you would draw men to repentance and women to repentance, children, Lord. Lord, provide for us today, as you always do, so faithfully, so abundantly and wonderfully, Lord. You're so good to us. And Lord, for, help us to forgive the way you forgive us, Lord. We're so thankful that you've forgiven us totally and completely and wholeheartedly, Lord. Help us to have your same heart towards other people, Lord. Father, be with us uh, today as men and women and children gather uh, in your places of worship, Lord, all over the state, all over the country, Lord, all over the world. We just ask that you would uh, fill them with your spirit, Lord. Uh, that it would be just great times of worshiping you, Lord, that you would help us uh, to worship you wholeheartedly, Lord. And it's for you, Lord, and just help. But we need, our, we need help, Lord. We just get so distracted. We just have so much going on. And we're just, our flesh is just so wicked, Lord. And I just ask that you would just help us today to, to let all those things go, to be totally and completely focused on you as we worship you, Lord in song and as we worship you in uh, the study of your word and as we worship you in the fellowship of other believers, Lord, encouraging and loving and uh, just being there, being you uh, for one another. And Lord, for those that don't know you, we just ask that you would bring them in, bring them out to your places of worship, Lord, bring them out to your churches, Lord, that they would come to know you, that you would draw them close to you, Lord that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would accept your free gift of salvation through your grace, through your mercy. Lord, be with those that are suffering, they can't get out of the house. Lord, I think of Pastor Zach uh, in the hospital with COVID and those that are suffering the effects of COVID. Lord, we just ask that you would just uh, cause healing, Lord, uh, restoration, Lord. Just lift them up to you. Those that are, uh, I just think of uh, Mark and Trish and Lynn and Pam, those that can't necessarily get out that much, Lord, we just lift them up to you today, Lord. It'd be just a day of worship and glorifying you from the home, Lord. And uh, we just ask for healing and just provision and just your grace and your mercy on those couples, Lord. Those that are suffering from back issues and different things, Lord, we just lift them up to you right now. Just allow this to be a, just a great day to glorify you, to worship you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, put our flesh in the grave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll see some of you in a little bit.